welcome to the Airline Weekly Lounge. I'm your host, Edward Russell, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jay Shabat, to discuss summer travel and American Airlines' improved outlook, and a new lawsuit against Delta claims the airline is greenwashing. What are airlines going to do about their carbon goals? Enjoy. Hey, Jay, how are you doing this week? Ned, I'm good. How are you? How's your week been going? Ah, doing well, doing well. We uh, we got through Memorial Day weekend, which is the unofficial start of summer here in the U.S. Things went pretty smoothly here uh, in the U.S. There was no weather, which, of course, could have thrown everything off. And so airlines operations were smooth. TSA screenings were up about 300,000 people from 2019. So it's uh, it, summer's off to a strong start. That's good to know. Yeah. And I think the U.S. airlines in particular are they're just much better prepared. Well, I know you've written a lot about this, Ned, but uh, there are uh, certainly going to be a shortage of air traffic controllers and some other less than ideal uh, you know, situations throughout the uh, air traffic system. But I think U.S. airlines themselves are much better staffed than they were last year. Remember last year, kind of the big summer demand uh, surge caught everybody by surprise. So hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, this this summer will be much better than last. We can only hope. I mean, the thing is, if there's if if we get more severe weather than normal, coupled with air traffic controller shortage, things could go south very quickly. But you know, so far so good. Knock on wood. Now, Knock Jay, American wood. Airlines came out this week with with an update. Talk looking at the air. What what did they have to say? Yes, and we're we're speaking um, just so everyone knows we're speaking on Wednesday afternoon, and uh, so this morning, uh, American Airlines updated its second quarter guidance, and it was very encouraging. So they now say that during the second quarter, they're going to earn an operating margin, and this is all adjusted for special items, but 12.5 to 14.5. So let's call it, you know, 13, 14 percentage, and perhaps as high as 15 percent or close to it, which is excellent. And I can tell you that in the second quarter of 2019, so before this whole pandemic. <laughs> that was, uh, that was my next question, Jay, was how, how does that compare to 2019? Yep. Well, you uh, you that's that's a good it would be a good question because um, American only earned 11 percent in Q2 2019. There seems to be a lot more going right at American. And if you'll recall, American it has been a somewhat troubled airline, particularly relative to Delta and United. This is you know going back several years now. They've underperformed on margins, but it does seem to be a better picture now. Now, recall that. Uh, just a week or two ago, American got bad news in that their alliance with JetBlue is, uh, you know, going to get struck down. Was struck down by by a by a judge, a federal judge. And we're so still that, waiting at this point, listeners, to see if they're going to appeal that. Still no word, but they they probably have thirty days, so that takes us to mid June. Anyway, yeah, aside. we may wait. Right, we may there there may be uh, some more to that story if the, if if there's a court appeal. Um, for now, though, it's uh, not looking not looking great on, on that alliance, and it probably is very useful to them. Uh, honestly, the end of that alliance probably hurts JetBlue more than American. Now, one thing I want to say about American is that uh, they, um, and I should back up here, I apologize, but uh, important to say regarding the guidance they issued this morning was that the reason why that guidance has increased is really for two reasons, and it's both, it's both a good thing. I mean, but both very, very good, good news stories here. So one is that fuel is coming in cheaper than they expected in their previous guidance. 
And at the same time, the RASM trends is better. So they now expect, you know, RASM to be down one to 3% versus uh, the same quarter of last year, whereas they previously expected a two to 4% decline. So good news on the revenue side, the, good the, the, news on the cost side. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that stands out to me because we've, we've written a lot. Uh, I've written, we, I mean, we've both written a lot about how coming into the summer, everyone has expect or have, we've, we've all been expecting Delta United to do better simply because of the, the pent-up demand in international, long-haul international. And American is less exposed to that market. They're more domestic-oriented. The writing has generally been domestic's, you know, big surge back was last year. And this year, while demand is strong, it's not growing at the same pace of international. But this these new numbers from American suggest that, you know, domestic is performing just, maybe are suggesting domestic is performing just as strong or, or beating expectations, so, so to say. Yes. Now we we still don't know what United what United's going to come in. You know how how Delta is going to come in. Perhaps they'll even do better. We don't know. This is um, true. Yeah, we'll find out soon enough. But yes, it is a good good news story. Now, right now, just for for all the U.S. airlines and really just the airline industry in general, right now, you have sort of a triple tailwind situation. It's uh, you've got just fantastic demand, you've got constrained supply. And you have fuel prices that have dropped sharply year over year. So it's a, you have this triple tailwind. Now in Americans case, what might be going on here, this might help explain at least part of the story is that they are less exposed to the transcontinental domestic market than the other guys. So you're right, Ned, American overall has more domestic exposure percentage wise of their ASMs than United or Delta. But their transcon, uh, when I say transcom, you, you know, you can define that in different ways, but I'm roughly talking about California, Seattle, you know, to, to New York, Boston, Washington. That exposure is less for American. And in our cover story last week, for those of you that read it, um, the transcon market is probably a little bit of a weak spot um, for, for airlines right now. Now, why is that? Um, well, a lot of that is just corporate demand hasn't come back as strong as some other, you know, uh, categories of demand. Especially so have, corporate demand in uh, at the for those who didn't read it in the tech sectors and in the media sectors, which are big spenders in the New York, California uh, transcon market. Exactly. So if you take a place like San Francisco, um, where now Americans not huge there, but uh, San Francisco is a place that, uh, of course, has a lot of tech. Um, and it's a place where Alaska Airlines is uh, is feeling it. And they, they've said as much. There hasn't been a lot of, uh, you know, hasn't been many public statements uh, to this. You know, I, I've had to kind of draw, you know, kind of read between the lines here because very few airlines have come out and say, uh, you know, yes, Transcon is down. Alaska has, in fact, said that, though. Alaska, you know, they basically said that their Transcon stuff is weak because of uh, the corporate that's just not there anymore, you know, the the Googles and Amazons of the world are just not traveling as much to New York. And so you assume that would be true for a lot of the media companies as well. You know, Disney was, I'm sure, I don't know if it still is, but at one point was probably a big, uh, you know, American Airlines client. They're maybe not flying to New York as much anymore. So that is probably the fact that American just doesn't have as much of that anymore. It's probably helping them a lot. And American too, as we've, you know, discussed on this podcast and in Airline Weekly many times before, they've also been you know, monstrously gutting capacity from their traditional, uh, you know, places where they've traditionally not performed so well. I'm thinking Chicago, I'm thinking Philadelphia, I'm thinking New York. 
Um, now, I don't know, with JetBlue gone, assuming it is gone, this, this alliance thing, do they feel that the, they feel the need to kind of rebuild New York Transcon again? I don't know, but... Uh, I mean, there's a lot of questions a... there. On, on a side note to, to Philadelphia, you know, some of the... I know some of the things that I read in the in the ruling was like referring to Philadelphia not being built back. Maybe if the JetBlue partnership does end, uh, and again, we don't know, that could be good for Philadelphia. Again, it's the question mark, but, you know, American might double return to some of those strongholds. We shall see. We shall see. Well, it's interesting. It's I mean, it's definitely it's overall a good news story. But yeah, the the premium transcon that transcon market is it's funny. Planes are full. I've flown across the country a few times uh, in the last year. But yeah, if the yields aren't there, the yields aren't there. And that's really what drives uh, a lot of the uh, drives profitability on a lot of those routes. Yeah, and that's something I'd encourage, you know, all our listeners who follow this stuff um, to, uh, you know, as as airlines start reporting their second quarter results, uh, listen carefully for any references to the Transcon, um, because it is, uh, yeah, like I said, there hasn't been, there's not a lot of hard evidence of, uh, you know, that these these routes are, are performing horribly or anything. Um, Alaska, like I said, is the only one who's come out and really said it, as far as I know, or as far as I recall. Um but I have to assume, and, and they're probably the summertime, these routes are probably, you know, they do have a lot of leisure traffic on them in the summer. So, you know, you have to imagine LA, New York will, will do just fine. But I, but that that corporate stuff, that that heavy, you know, tech heavy, like you said, media heavy stuff, I think that's 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 gone right now. Like, I think that's still very, very much uh, depressed relative to where it was in 2019. Absolutely. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, but... So far, a good news story for American going to the summer, like you said. We don't know how Delta and United are going to do, whether they're going to raise their guidance, stick with where they are. Um, but, you know, it seems like things are firing on all cylinders in terms of travel demand and profits this summer. If uh, if things hold, always, the always the question. <laughs> the triple tailwind. Absolutely. With that, Jay, we'll be right back to talk a bit about uh, greenwashing. back. So, Jay, uh, this week, a uh, class action suit was filed in California against Delta Airlines, claiming that it has misled consumers over its uh, carbon uh, carbon savings pledges. Uh, in specifically, they cite some advertising that says the airline is the first carbon neutral airline um, that's using carbon offsets. And the lawsuit claims that 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 claim is manifestly and provably false. So it's it's interesting. Some of these, I mean, sustainability has been a big push for airlines coming out of the pandemic. We've seen everyone double down. As someone who's covered the industry for years, it's amazing how much more it's come into the fore, how much it comes up on every earnings call now than it did pre-pandemic. But, you know, if there's going to be lawsuits against it, it's I mean, it makes really, it really forces airlines to be doing what they um, to actually be be green, I mean, this isn't a carbon intensive industry as green as you can be, but versus claiming, you know, we are carbon neutral. Yeah, it's it's airlines are really. I think the biggest fear for the airline industry is that they're going to turn into the tobacco industry. You know, remember when how the tobacco, uh, you know, whenever it was a few decades ago, where they were, you know, denying, oh, we're you know we're we're totally safe, and then. All those claims turned out to be, uh, you know, turned out that, that these uh, 
<laughs> these cigarettes that people smoke really were cancer sticks <laughs> and they got and they got sued you know massively and and you know just RJ Reynolds and all these companies just got you know billions and billions of dollars uh in in lawsuits both uh by uh by the public and any and even you know state governments and whatnot so airlines hope that they don't wind up in that situation you know where they're they're blamed for uh carbon emissions and and like i think you just mentioned that uh, you know they're overall um they really just you know responsible for two percent of all the world's emissions yeah. um so you know well, i think really was... like what what this is gonna is gonna i mean if this case succeeds and and this is you know a lawsuit for money if it succeeds it's really going to put pressure on airlines to actually do what they're saying which is good you know they don't like you said they don't want to turn into the next you know big tobacco where they're claiming we're green everything's offset uh where when they're not when they're actually not and it's uh so it's it this yeah suit, I again, mean... oh. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, of course, you never want <laughs> you never want a company to, uh, you know, uh, falsify, uh, you know, do things in, in, in a way that's that's not uh, that that's false or, or not uh, straightforward. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't you know, I, I, it's, I, I can't say if it's, uh, you know, the, I, I can't speak to the merits of this particular lawsuit. Um, so, yeah, it's, of course, if Delta did anything wrong here, then they, they deserve to pay the price. But uh, but yeah, just speaking more generally, um, the you know it could be where you know the entire industry is seen as like a public menace, and the IAD is working hard to avoid that. Oh, absolutely. Well, I wanted to say that it's it's not the first lawsuit to come out of airlines' green claims. Uh, one of those, one of the first, was against Lufthansa in the UK, where they had an ad that that called said tagline was connecting the world, protecting its future. And a UK court found that it did violate laws and that they were not uh, as green as they were sort of claiming to be. And so, you know, these these cases are beginning to gain traction. Of course, U.S. law is different from U.K. law, so we shall see what comes there. But it's um, it's interesting because this really puts these claims and these this push by the industry in the fore. And the truth is, is we I think it's with wide agreement that offsets are not the way to achieve carbon neutrality. And, you know, we can have a whole separate podcast about whether carbon offsets are effective or not. There's been a lot of research suggesting they might not be as effective as they claim. But, you know, one of the things that the industry really is investing in and needs to invest a lot more in is sustainable aviation fuel. That's, you know, that's appears to be the easiest path towards achieving, you know, net zero carbon emissions. Yeah, I think that's that's the uh, you know the near term path is SAF. The problem with SAF too is, is is you essentially have two problems. One is that it just costs a lot more than fossil fuels. And Norwegian in their earnings call said that SAF today is about four times as expensive as your traditional jet fuel. And I so think that's against... down from when I was researching a couple of years ago. I think it was five or six times then. So yeah, mm-hmm. still expensive. <laughs> Right. And they're and they're hoping that that comes down even further with scale, perhaps achieving parity at some point, you know, when they achieve, uh, you know, economies of production. Uh, however, the the scale is not there yet. And that speaks to the other problem with SAF. And this is from Politico, um, an article that they wrote, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, where they said production actually tripled last year. So production of sustainable aviation fuel, SAF, tripled last year to 15 million gallons. Sounds good. But that's just 0.08% of the 17.5 billion gallons of aviation fuel 
used last year by airlines. So you can see, and it goes on to say Airlines for America, which is the US you know, trade group, they're aiming for airlines to use 3 billion gallons of SAF by 2030. And even that would represent just 17% of all jet fuel. So you can see there's, you know, there's a scale problem. There's a price problem and a scale problem here. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. it's, I mean, it's, it's a literal drop in the bucket in terms of, of the demand and it's, you know, the next few years are really going to be a proving ground. Are we going to see the scaling up of SAF and scaling up is not just building the, the, the plants to, you know, manufacture it. It's finding the feedstock. It's, mm-hmm. do we do, um, do we pursue uh, synthetic SAF? And there's actually getting it. You know, one of the issues that is that's faced is just getting it from those plants to to the airport and onto the planes. You know, can you run it through pipelines? How you know all these things? So there's a lot that has to be done, and it has to be done relatively quickly if we're going to see, like you said, three billion gallons by 2030. I mean, that's only seven years away. Only seven years away, and. The um, and there are a lot of incentives in some recent uh, laws that were passed by Washington by Congress um, that do incentivize uh, the. I think you've you've written about this a lot, uh, Ned, in the past. But um, hopefully that will help. I mean, from the airline perspective, hopefully that will help both increase scale and with scale, you know, will come some price reductions. One can only hope. I mean, it's it's also a question of, of the U.S.'s tax incentives benefit the suppliers. Uh, the Europe is going the other way around, and they're pushing mandates that force airlines to buy SAF. As yet, we aren't seeing, you know, it's an open question of which it's going to succeed better. So, yeah, there's still a lot of questions out there. And, and you know, frankly, I, we haven't even seen something like the, the recent budget deal in the U.S. Is that going to impact SAF incentives? Uh Parentheses, uh, if, if you can say I can say that, I don't think it does. But you know, there's just a lot of questions and a lot of uncertainty in the industry, and things are moving forward. But you know, are they moving forward fast enough? And that I really don't know. Yeah, and unfortunately, airlines, just the airline industry, is this what they call you know hard to abate sector. It's just a very very difficult. You know, my dad's an engineer, and he always explains to me how like you can't operate. Um, you know, you're never going to see battery powered long haul airplanes. You know, batteries are just too heavy. You know, it may work in a Tesla, but it's not going to work in a triple seven. And so, you know, in the interim, SAF hopefully will provide some kind of solution or some kind of, uh, you know, at least get us in the right direction. And then there's, you know, a lot of people, a lot of smart people are hard at work trying to create, you know, next generation power technologies, whether it be hydrogen or, you know, like I said, batteries sounds, you know, like the physics, it's going to be hard there, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what ultimately happens. Uh, and, um, but it will, you know, it is, it is a very difficult to abate sector. I mean, ground transportation is still difficult, but easier and, uh, you know, energy and uh, it just, you know, creating power for electricity, things like that. Um, there, there are more viable paths than in aviation. So, so airlines find themselves in a difficult situation. Absolutely. It, I mean, it's like everything you said, it's, it's just, it's challenge and, yeah, we're gonna have to see what happens. It's you just you, you can't load up a triple seven with batteries, that's for sure. And not, even not SAF, yet. Yeah. <laughs> and even SAF, if we if we got to in theory a hundred percent SAF availability, which I don't think is ever expected, SAF is not completely carbon neutral. There's still emissions; they're significantly lower than fossil fuels. But it's 
I mean, it is a hard to abate sector, like you said. So there's a lot to yeah, log. Exactly. And you get into all sorts of questions, you know, like, well, what is the feedstock? Is it, uh, you know, is it some plant that could have otherwise been used to grow food that's now going to affect food, food prices because you're, you know, you're using that farmland to, to grow feedstock for jet fuel rather than food to feed people. I mean, there's just all these like questions swirling around. So not a, not an easy situation. You know, perhaps we'll inno innovate our way out, you know, to a solution. And that's, uh, you know, that's that would be wonderful if that happens. But uh, it's not certainly not guaranteed. Definitely. Well, Jay, you know, I am actually jetting off to the IATA annual general meeting. Listeners, if you want to say hi to me, you can find me in Istanbul um, during during the event. Uh, uh, feel free to drop me an email, er at skiff.com. But there, I'm sure there'll be plenty of discussion about, you know, sustainability and where the industry is going. So it's going to be interesting. And we'll have more on everything that's said at the AGM on next week's episode. With that, Jay, I think we'll we'll call it a, a week. Um, listeners, again, you can reach me at er at skift.com. You can reach Jay at js at skift.com. Jay, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, Ned, and uh, enjoy your trip to Istanbul. And likewise, for any of our listeners who are headed to Turkey for the IATA meeting, enjoy. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Airline Weekly Lounge podcast. Check out airlineweekly.com for a new issue every Monday and updates on the latest airline news throughout the week.